This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Equity Mind! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. I have stopped watching my friend's Instagram stories because they're all having too much fun in Europe and Mm. we're stuck in rainy Sydney. Mm. But hey, we might not be able to travel to Europe, but we can certainly send our money to Europe because (laughs) the euro is down, which means... um, there's opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. It's not quite the same as getting on a plane and heading over there, is it? No, it's not quite the same. Next year, Ren, next year, and hopefully the Euro, for our sake, is still down when we hit Europe. True. So big show coming up today. Uh, we're going to have a chat about have we reached too many ETFs in the market? Uh, inflation numbers are out. Ackman's given up on a SPAC and the US dollar and the euro have hit parity. So what does that mean from an investment point of view? Yeah, and we're not going to talk about foreign exchange for 15 minutes. We're going to talk about the stock market yes. investing opportunities. Starting times ahead. But Ren, we're kicking off. Question, have we officially reached peak ETF? Yeah, well, have we officially reached peak ETF or... Maybe have we reached peak stupid in the ETF world? Um, the the evolution of ETFs started with access. Mm-hmm. It started with how do you make these more liquid? With a starting with a smaller minimum, there were index funds, and then they turned into index e- e- ETFs. Then it went to returns. Rather than just doing a broad based stock market, if we were sector specific or industry specific, or uh, could we get better returns? And then you know if we were factored, you know, value, growth, that kind of stuff. Then it went to niche, like, you know, niche asset classes and stuff. How do we make them more liquid, more accessible on exchange? Now, I think we're getting into ideological. And I am officially saying we've reached too many ETFs. The reason that uh, this has come up is, did you see the YOL ETF that's launched? <laughs> YOL, yeah. The God Bless America ETF? Yeah, it's shocking. Uh, so it is investing in American-made companies, not for any like investment thesis reason, but like ideologically, that's why. 
But then that, that got me down in a bit of a what else is listed in the US rabbit hole. And have you heard of the MAGA ETF? No. <laughs> okay, so there's a MAGA index made up of 150 companies from the S&P 500 whose employees and companies are highly supportive of Republican candidates. And then there's also DEMS, D-E-M-Z, a Democratic large cap core fund, 200 stocks from the S&P 500, which only includes companies that make over 75% of their political contributions to Democrats and Democratic causes. This is ridiculous. I'm the- just looking at this YOL one. It's <laughs> yeah. actually called the God Bless America ETF. Yeah. yeah what I the know. hell? <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> with a tra- investing in US companies with a track record of creating American jobs. Yeah. Oh, and my goodness. A, like a noble <laughs> a noble pursuit, uh, like supporting American companies. In, in many ways, it's similar to, you know, like buy American or buy Australian or whatever it is. But as an investment product... There is no argument that it it gives you better returns or anything like that. It is just, it's just it, it's it's based on ideology rather than investment strategy. Ren, do you have the holdings? It it just feels like it's um a lot of these ideological ones. The the further down that process you spoke about access returns niche ideological. Who's no who knows what's next? Yeah, it's just a different wrapping for essentially what feels like taking stocks from the same pool. Well, just, it's just interesting you in say that. Way. So the in the MAGA one, uh, 150 companies from the S&P 500 with a Republican bent, uh, the biggest holdings were company, like oil and gas companies. Uh, the Democrat one, do you want to guess the two biggest holdings in that fund? Facebook? No. Okay. No. Well, I don't know. Biggest holding, surprisingly, Costco. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, second biggest, Apple. Okay. Yeah. The interesting thing for me, though, so S&P 500, 500 companies, 150 in the Republican MAGA ETF, 200 in the Democrat Dems ETF. What about the other 150? I know. <laughs> no one on. wants them. What's going on? Or I'm curious, is there any overlap in that 350? Is there a company that's in both? Rather than asking this question, I should have just done the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure they would be. So ideological ETFs is is the new thing that we're seeing emerge in America, not based on investment performance, but based on, I guess, investing with your values. It, it, the, the logic, some may argue, is similar to investing sustainably, putting your money where y- your values align, not investing in things that don't align with your values. If you're a Republican and you don't like that Apple's giving money to the Joe Biden campaign, don't invest in them, I guess is the logic. I actually assumed that these ETFs would be taking part of their management fee and supporting those causes in the same way yeah. that, you know, the future generations uh, funds yeah. or um, hearts and minds, yeah. they take the management fee and give it to charity. They're charitable ETFs or yeah. charitable funds. So I was going to do some maths. I was going to be like, take the Dems ETF. If I wanted to donate $100 to the Democratic Party, I could just give them $100 or I could invest X amount in this fund. But when I dug into the hood on both the MAGA and the Dems fund, none of the management fee is going to either political party or any cause. It's just marketing. It's marketing. It's just marketing. (laughs) Who's going to get more inflow, MAGA or Dems? I think... MAGA only has about 15 mil. I don't think Dems has much more, which is good. 15 mil? 15 million dollars under management, yeah. 
But Bryce, to return to where we started, yes, have we reached peak ETF? No. <laughs> <laughs> We're only going to see more of this, I reckon, oh, for sure. It's unbelievable. Next, I don't know what's next. But um, it does it does make me really sad that they're marketed as these political vehicles, you know, Dems, invest yeah. with your values, support Democratic candidates, the future is Democratic. The MAGA one, pictures of Trump, like support Republican causes, help us make America great again. But the management fees don't support those causes. It is just marketing. Yeah. And, like, you're building a product that allows people to invest with their values, I guess. But I don't know. It, it made me sad. Yeah. Marketing <laughs> spin. We, I mean, we just did an episode on uh, Get Started Investing all about greenwashing and how that impacts the what you're, you're investing in and the spin that goes on there. And you could definitely take this to more broadly what's going on in ETF land as well. We could. Yes. But anyway, we got to get to Europe, so let's keep rolling. Europe, yes, Europe, Europe, Europe. Anyway, you've asked me a question, Ren. I'm going to ask you one. Who has been one of your favourite guests on the Equity Mates Investing Podcast? Uh, Specky McGee. <laughs> Fair call. <laughs> well, good news, Specky McGee will be at FinFest. Okay. Yes. Any others? Look, I think there, there's a lot. We, we often get asked this question and there's two ways that we always answer it. It's like the guests that we were super excited for, the big names that we were chasing for ages, you know, Malcolm Turnbull, stuff like that. Yeah. This is like picking your favourite child, not that I have any children, <laughs> but uh, Emma Fisher was one that, that stands out. Yes, true. Emma Fisher was fantastic. Uh, a couple of others, Anthony Doyle, I always love having on the show. But Ren, the point I'm making here we, is Hold that- on, just before you make the point, we should say as a- uh, those interviews we should include as links in the show notes. Absolutely. If yeah. you haven't had the opportunity to listen, must go and listen. Henry Jennings is a fan favourite. Yeah. I love listening to him. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make here, Ren, is that we've just updated our list of speakers that are going to be joining us at FinFest in October 2022, end of this year, 15th of October. We're fortunate enough to have many of the experts that have been on Equity Mates Investing Podcast joining us on the day to share their insights and wisdom and to help us understand pack what's going on in markets. There's one stage, Ren, that I think is going to be particularly exciting. We can't give stock tips here on Equity Mates, but these guys can, and we're going back to back, high conviction ideas from some of Australia's leading experts on one of the stages. 15 minutes, talk your book, tell us your one great idea, then get off the stage and get the next (laughs) expert on there. That's it. High energy. There's going to be plenty of- You know, hearts and minds do a conference, takes them the whole day to get through 12 stock picks. We're going to be back. <laughs> We're doing 12 stock picks in 12 minutes. No, Not quite. No, no, no. 15 no. minutes. Tell us the stock. Uh, tell us your thesis. Um, yeah. But look, I, I think across the day, there's going to be so many different formats, but a lot of the experts that you've heard on the show uh, that we've loved speaking to, that you've loved hearing from, you'll be able to hear from in person. Yeah. Uh, Emma is is obviously one that we just mentioned. Marcus Padley, Henry Jennings, Elise Kennedy, we're going to be hearing on Australian Tech, Eleanor Swanson, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool, Anthony Doyle, Andrew Page, Owen, Paul Wilson, all the familiar names that we've had on the show who have just provided great value and have been awesome. So we cannot wait to hear what they have to say yeah. on the day. So head to equitymates.com slash finfest. Um, you can see all the other speakers because Bryce didn't even list them all. Nah. You can 
buy tickets. You can <laughs> That's find, the main thing. <laughs> you can find out more about the day. Uh, this year, unfortunately, it is only in Sydney. We don't quite have the chops to do a multi-city no. event tour. No, no, no. Um, but if you are in Sydney or you can get to Sydney uh, for the 15th of October, it's going to be a heap of fun. Yes. Tickets are only $47. That's it, $47. It's not going to be streamed live or recorded. Got to be there on the day. FinFest tickets, $47. Equitymates.com slash FinFest. Bryce, speaking of people that are going to be at FinFest, do we want to speak about Elon and Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to surprise everyone. I didn't want to drop the surprise. Elon will. Look, Elon has told us that he will be at FinFest, just like he told Twitter he would buy the company. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Look. um, Full disclosure. He didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't. All right, 30 seconds or less, Ren, what's going on with Elon care. I just don't care. Like, Me either. I, I, I don't really think we talk about this. Um, Twitter, Elon's pulled out. There's a billion-dollar break fee, but Twitter are suing to uh, make Elon follow through on the deal that he signed to buy the whole thing at, what, a $44 billion US dollar market mm-hmm. cap. Twitter's currently trading at like a $28 billion US dollar market cap. Basically, Elon timed the market incredibly poorly. Um, I don't reckon he ever wanted to buy it in the first place. There's a conspiracy theory going around that he only did this so he could sell Tesla shares, have an excuse to sell Tesla shares. Don't believe that as well. Like surely there's an easier way for him to figure that out, um, how to sell Tesla shares. One thing that I want to say, the Twitter, the chair of the Twitter board, seriously impressive guy. Inventor of Google Maps, former CTO, Chief Technology Officer of Facebook, uh, current co-CEO of Salesforce, Mm -hmm. and the chair of Twitter's board. He's killed it. That's a pretty good life. Great life. Yeah, well, we don't. I don't know about his life, but a great resume. Anything you want to talk about this, or nah, do we just I'm over keep it. rolling it, keep moving? It's just going to be now a big matter. Uh, matter for the courts. If you were a merger arbitrage hedge fund, would you invest? No. Fair enough. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> move on. A couple of other key headlines before we do move to Europe. Uh, overnight at the time of recording, US inflation numbers came out a little bit higher than expected, nine point one percent. Expectations were 8.8%. Markets didn't react too too badly, though. Um, it was pretty well priced in. I think what was interesting was commentary that it may lead to the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates by 100 basis points or, or 1%, a full 1% rather than 0.75. Now, why that is interesting, tune in uh, on Thursday this week because we have an interview with Kerry Craig from JP Morgan, who's a strategist there, and he'll give you some excellent insight into what might happen to markets if the Fed does do that. Mm. Um, but look, uh, fuel and uh, energy prices, the main contributors to those inflation numbers. Otherwise, there are a couple of sectors that actually had flipped uh, and we're, we're starting to see it cool. So they were June numbers. Since m- sort of mid-June, commodity prices have been yeah. falling. Yeah. 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 Uh, or in- including oil. Yeah. 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 So the next numbers. So we're through. We're done. It's peaked. <laughs> let's stop worrying about the macro. All right. Well, let's move on then. Ackman. No, no, no. To be clear, that's not what we're saying. Well, you're saying it off, uh, off, off air. Oh, look, I, yeah, I actually say it in, I actually asked Kerry about it in the interview on Thursday as well. Yeah. So I guess I am saying it. Yeah. But what do I know? I'm not an expert. <laughs> I, no, neither am I. We can say whatever we want. Here you go. Lum- from their peak, lumber is down 58%, nickel is down 54%, aluminum 
Aluminium is down 37%. Natural gas down 31%. Steel down 28%. Wheat down 28%. Zinc down 25%. Lead down 23%. Copper down 22%. Soybeans down 18%. Corn down 16%. Cotton down 14%. Cocoa down 14%. Oil down 13%. Orange juice, yes, that is a traded commodity, down 11%. Say everything's down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, will it have flow-on effects to inflation numbers in the US? Um, We'll see. I think uh, Kerry said that inflation numbers in in Australia, though, are still expected to continue rising for the shorter term. Yeah, there's a massive lag effect between Mm. commodity prices moving and that actually flowing through. You know, if you take oil, um, the Wall Street Journal did a big article because did you see um, Joe Biden's tweet being like – Yes. Uh, oil, yeah, oil yeah. like uh, petrol stations, r- reduce yeah. your prices. Take, put your prices down. <laughs> yeah. That's how his administration is tackling inflation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a big Wall Street Journal article on the back of that explaining the mechanics of oil prices. And obviously there's a – so oil goes to a refinery and there's questions – there's refinery capacity is a question. Gas stations, petrol stations, the reason that they're slow to reduce their prices is because – you know, they'll buy sometimes up to 100 days worth, fill up the tanks under the station and they've got to work through that supply before they can then buy again and take advantage of lower prices. So, and that's the same across all commodities, you know. Um, you got to work through your inventory before you can then take advantage of buying more inventory at a lower price. And so commodity prices are down, but there's a lag effect throughout the economy, mm. but it's better than commodity prices being up. Yeah. Can't argue with that. <laughs> now, Ren, before we get to the break and then have a uh, turn our attention to uh, what's going on in Europe, uh, Bill Ackman, so SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, they were one of the hottest hottest things in town at the height of the market. And Ackman managed to raise $4 billion, which was the biggest ever SPAC in history, SPAC. I think, from Ta- memory. Tontaine Holdings or something? Ta- that something it? along those lines, but managed to raise $4 billion for a, a blank check company. Uh, but with all SPACs, there's a time limit. He couldn't find anything he, to buy. I know. <laughs> and now he's giving all the... So, so he's giving the $4 billion back to the investors after failing to find a target to actually Which, buy. honestly, ironically, might be the best performing SPAC. True. <laughs> you got your money back. Yeah. <laughs> um, he tried to buy 10%. Well, he, he couldn't find, he was searching, couldn't find anything, tried to buy 10% of Universal Music. Everyone was like, what the? And then that deal fell through. And yeah, he ran out of time and has to give the money back. But Good only for doing that rather than buy something for the sake of it, I think. True, true. Yeah, he probably left money on the table by not just buying something for just, the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. That's what good investors do, let let opportunities pass. So, all right, Ren, well, we're going to take a very quick break and then when we come back, we're going to have a chat about uh, euro and the US dollar, but more importantly, what that means from an investing point of view over in Europe. So we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Ren, some of the big news this week or last week was the, the European euro and the US dollar. European the euro. European euro? <laughs> the euro? The I mean, euro, it, it technically it, is yeah, the European euro. The euro and the US dollar. Hit parity, yes. one for one. What does that mean? Well, it means that one euro equals one US dollar. Yes. And in history, uh, usually the US is more powerful. Or no, what? no, the euro. Is, the euro is more powerful. Well, the euro than the is US more dollar. valuable. Yeah. So uh, power is a whole other metric. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> At the start of the year, one US dollar could buy you eighty-eight euro cents. Now, one US dollar can buy you one euro, mm. meaning that. Anything that's priced in euros, you can buy for less US dollars than you could at the start of the year. And this is a two-sided story because at the start of the year, one Australian dollar could get you about 60 euro cents and now it can get you about 67 euro cents. So up, but Mm. um, yeah. Not uh, parity. So the euro has got weaker and the US dollar has got stronger. Yeah. And so the two have converged at a one-to-one. And if you're in America... To a lesser extent, if you're in Australia, wherever you are in the world, now is probably the time to think about what's over in Europe because when assets priced in euros are weak, when the euro is weak, you have to spend less of your own currency to buy assets priced in euros. Yeah. Yeah. You can get more for less. Yeah. It's a sale. It is a sale. And for some of our friends who are oversharing on Instagram, they're getting more greek island holidays for less just <laughs> no that's not what i that's not true about, oh really yeah um i don't know if we spoke about uh, for some reason i feel like i said this on the show last week but uh, i've had a mate who just came back from mykonos in greece yeah. and paid uh i think it was 16 or 18 euros for a beer but the euros were it was cheaper to get the euros <laughs> than it was at the start the, <laughs> i don't care what the euro's doing 18 euro for a beer yeah. is ridiculous Shit, that's like 30 aussie dollars <laughs> i know i know he paid um something like 60 euro or something for half a chicken and a side of potatoes. Are you kidding? No. Just bring a packed lunch. <laughs> <laughs> You're traveling. Anyway, we, get, we digress. We digress. Yeah. Oh, my God. He said it was billionaire city in Mykonos. Crazy. So let's stop talking about Europe as a holiday destination. Um, but I think as a investing destination, it often gets overlooked. People don't really think about the stocks in Europe. And mm, partly that's because they haven't been great performers of the, over the last few decades where the US stock market has just been on a tear. The UK and Euro- the mainland Europe have sort of lagged. Yeah, now this is probably where I start having a rant about the FTSE, but um, <laughs> I think it's one. Well, it's, it's, similar to the, it's similar to an Australian market actually in terms of um, performance. So it's, very, it's a big dividend stock market. We've spent a lot of time talking about the US market and the Australian market. And today we're going to have a bit of a bit more of a chat about what is actually listed over in Europe. Let me, for context, mm. the Stocks Fifty side note, one of the best index names around. Stocks S T O double X Fifty. My favourite's India Nifty Fifty. Nifty Fifty, not bad. <laughs> yeah. I just this should just be stocks with a triple X. 
Like, just True. go on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Stocks 50 is the mainland Europe index. There's yep. also the Stocks 600. Mm-hmm. The Stocks 50, according to my quick Google search, since 1998, 1998 to 2000, how much do you think it's up? Not compounded per year, just over that time period, how much do you think it's up? 24 years. 1998. To now. Um, I don't know, 200%. 6%. What? <laughs> this is my issue. <laughs> this is my issue. It's unbelievable. 6%. 6%. And it's got some of the biggest- Jeez, com- tough to be a long-term investor if you're investing Well, this there. is why no one talks about it. And I guess it goes to the downside. I was looking at the FTSE. It's down year to day. It's down 4%. Yeah, it doesn't move as much. doesn't move. Yeah. The question's why. Anyway, so Ren, let's... um. Well, in defense of the footsies, from where Google starts recording, 1984 to now, you're up 550%. Okay. Still not like... Better, but like... Yeah. My portfolio's ripping that year on year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but within that uh, lackluster number, there is some really incredible companies. Mm. But I think the other important context here is that if you really zoom out and you'd look at like a hundred year time horizons, it's very rare that the same part of the world outperforms multiple decades in a row. And really the 2010 to 2020 has, was us won that America won that. And there wasn't a close second. Um, but that's not to say that 2020 to 2030, the U S will win. And if we look back historically, it's very rare that you go back to back in terms of, being the best stock market for a decade. Um, even Australia, I've, we've had a few decades where we've outperformed the world um, in history. So we're very US-centric in our thinking. It makes a lot of sense because there's some incredible companies there. But it makes sense to look in other parts of the world and we figured that now that we've got Euro parity, we may as well talk about some of these companies that we don't really speak a lot about on the show. Yeah, some of them we have. So let's take a look at it. Stock Stocks. 50 mainland Europe, as you said, Ren, not the UK, just well, not just the UK, but no, UK not, not sorry, included, excluding UK. Um, <laughs> some of the biggest <laughs> holdings ASML, which we've um, we've spoken about on the show a fair bit. I'm pretty sure Nick Griffin, Nick Griffin was the one who introduced it, yeah, he introduced yeah. it to us, said it's the best company that you've never heard of, yeah, now we've heard of it, yep, they make lithography machines, which are a critical component to semiconductors. Yes. Now, why the, while the stocks 50 is only up, what was it? 6% or something yeah. since inception. ASML is up over 15,000% since inception. <laughs> <laughs> and that's after coming off um, a considerable high over the last few months. It's down about 50%. So from its low to its peak, it was actually up sort of closer to 30,000%. <laughs> so pretty incredible returns. We've we've spoken about that one on the show. Another great company that we often hear experts talk about on the Stock X fifty is LVMH, the luxury goods conglomerate. Mm. Moe Hennessy Louis Vuitton. Yes. Also what they own Tiffany. Yeah. They own Just keep um, buying. Sephora. Yeah. They own oh, Moe and Chandon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um they own Oh, they're another, some other luxury brands. I don't know. You get it. I get it. Again, <laughs> up 3,000% since it's, it floated. So doing pretty well. 
Now, I'm pretty sure this is the next one's pronounced Linda. Linda. Yeah, yeah. Linda. They're industrial, massive company, aren't they? Industrial gases. In- yeah, yeah. Total en- Energies is another one. Uh, an oil. One of the seven oil super majors. Big ones. Sanofi in healthcare and pharmaceuticals. SAP. Now, a lot of um, people may have. Is it SAP or is it SAP? SAP. Well, when we used SAP at work and oh. I hated it. Yeah, it's yeah. So we used it as well. Yeah, SAP. Just like really clunky. Yeah. Lori- and slow. Yeah, really old school. Yeah. L'Oreal, which is not doing so well at the moment. Really? No, you're thinking of Revlon. I'm thinking of Revlon, but I, th- I feel like similarly. Anyway, it's a French company. Um, I'm not going to. Sh- I'm not. It's too up sure. over four thousand percent. I love how we're doing Inception. Like it's over four thousand percent since nineteen ninety one. Since the year you were yeah, born. Yeah, but we've got to compare it to StockX fifty. What's dragging it down? If all these top companies, biggest holdings, are are not doing so are doing are doing so well. Anyway, the other one, Simons Alliance uh, in insurance, and then Dutch Telecom. <laughs> Siemens. Allianz. Allianz. What did I say? Alliance. <laughs> Allianz. Deutsche Telekom, there's a really interesting story in the German uh, like nationalised businesses that uh, were spun out. So Deutsche Post and Deutsche Telekom, I think of them in the same way of like Telstra in Australia and, well, Australia Post hasn't been spun out. It's still government. But Deutsche Telekom owns T-Mobile in the US, yeah. which is one of the they're one of the biggest telcos in the world. And then Deutsche. Uh, Deutsche Post owns DHL, one of the biggest delivery companies in the world. True, true. You'd love to see Telstra and Australia Post step up in the same way. True, <laughs> true. It's similar to Japan Post. Uh, they own Toll. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Went for a job at Toll and I remember they, they were going to be the big boss. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, what were you going to do at Toll? Strategy team. Right. Yeah, said no, Fair obviously. Anyway, um, moving on. So that, that's the top 10 biggest holdings. My biggest takeaway from that, the diversity of industries. You compare it to an S&P 500 index in America and you get software, software, tech, mm-hmm. software. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's neither good nor bad. The last 10 years, it's been good to be concentrated in software. Um, but I, I just find it quite interesting how diverse it is. Yeah. Big concentration on old Germany and France as well. Yes. Yes. How big? Pretty big. Like uh, almost all of them except ASML that we just read out are French and German companies. Yeah, so ASML is Dutch and then the nine of the top ten after that are French or German. Mm. But that I feel like I'm not surprised. Not European, but that's the vibe I get yeah. from Europe. Yeah. Well, if America, Ren, is the software and uh, e-commerce sort of index that you just alluded to, Europe is the industrial tech, ASML, yeah. Simons, yeah. Siemens, however you want to pronounce it, Vestas, which we've heard a lot about, the yeah. big wind, wind turbine, wind maker. turbine yeah, maker. One of the big three in the world. Yeah, I think that conceptually is how I think about tech in the world is that the US are really good at e-commerce and software, software as a service, you know, like the Microsofts, you guys, you, you know the companies we're speaking about. But the when we talk about industrial tech, when we talk about industry 4.0, when we talk about advanced manufacturing, when we talk about the Internet of Things, Europe has maybe an edge on a lot on America just because of some of the amazing companies that they have. And Siemens is probably number one there. But when you think about Europe, that's maybe how you think about it. It's yeah. a different tech sector. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's auto. 
Well, that sort of fills, fits in with the whole industrial tech. Yeah. Yeah. Big automakers over in Europe, Volkswagen, Daimler, who are Mercedes, Mercedes and, and, and Co. Mercedes and a bunch of other stuff, yeah. BMW, um, plenty of, of the world's largest automakers outside of Asia are home to the European markets over there. So definitely different opportunities. And this also comes back to diversification. If you're all in on US tech for the last 10 years, great, you've done really well but you're probably feeling the pinch now. If you diversified a little bit across some of these European companies, they're not, so, they're not getting hit as hard as some of the European tech companies. Yeah, yeah. As, as, the, as the American tech companies. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So yeah, and, and like we're not saying any of these are screaming buys or good investments. We, like we just want to, I guess, get people excited about all of the opportunities in this world because there are so many opportunities. And so we've spoken about a lot of the big companies. We want to talk about just some maybe not so big companies that we think are worth knowing about. Again, not because they're like may, they may not be great investment opportunities. They may be really expensive right now, but they're just interesting companies to be aware of. But I do notice that before we get there, Bryce has managed to slip a retail <laughs> section in. King, you've written kings slash queens of retail. Brackets was always the gold standard when I was working at Woolies. Didn't you, didn't you have that as like everyone in Australia would always compare to the European retail sector? No, the Euro, the the European. So Aldi was obviously Aldi and Lidl were really good, but yeah. the the UK retailers were just smashing each other and all losing margin and it was brutal over there. Yeah, but they would always um they'd always be doing things before we would right. that would then we, be sort of brought in. We looked at the US a lot. We looked at Walmart and Costco yeah. and Kroger. Yeah. Walmart's yeah. A big one. Yeah. Kroger was the gold standard for my space. This is completely unrelated, but I want to tell this story because it's so cool. So they would backhaul their food waste on their delivery trucks and they would have a big anaerobic digestion facility at their um, Oakland DC, their Oakland warehouse, and they would take the food waste that they backhauled from stores so they wouldn't throw it out. They'd put it back on the truck, take it back. Anaerobic digestion turns food waste into gas and that gas spins turbines, it creates energy, and that uh, electricity would then power their distribution center. Well played. And for years, my boss and I would make the case that we should try this in Australia. No and we tried to get the business case up and we just got shut down at every turn. I'm now a free agent. So if Woolies, if Aldi, if anyone wants to chat. <laughs> free agent. <laughs> no, nah, but I, I just think that is, that is for us, that was the gold, gold standard. Like mm. really innovative use of your supply chain to save money and to deal with multiple problems. Mm, mm. Anyway, back to Europe. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So a few companies to close out the app, Ren, a few companies outside the big names. No, 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 talk about your your retail stuff. Oh, that's all I wanted to say, really, that there's some massive uh, retailers over there that, you know, if you've got Aldi, uh, Tesco, Sainsbury, Ikea. Aldi, Aldi not listed? No, not listed. But it's just like if you're thinking about the markets over there, we've spoken about um, industrial tech and autos. Little Um, also not listed? I don't think so. Brothers? Oh, you're you're talking about Little and Aldi, yeah, being owned. yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about a, a retail company called Brothers, and no, I'm like, no. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, Aldi yeah, they're brothers, brothers that split. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had a they had a fight, and so they went out and co- built competing cheap discount retailers. Yeah, yeah. You know what's fascinating? So that's a story of two German brothers who had a fallout 
and created two rival companies that are taking on the that are across the world rivals. Have you heard the Adidas and yeah. Puma story as well? Yeah. That they are also two brothers yeah. that had a falling out and created two rival companies. And I literally think there's a town in Germany and they're like based on different sides of the river or something. Uh, and Adidas and Puma are now t- fighting it out around the world. Well, there you go. Anyway, German brothers. If you see a pair of German brothers fall out, back, invest. Back them, back them. <laughs> so, Ren, let's turn to the companies outside of the big names that are worth being made aware of yeah, that, if you don't that know a lot of people probably already. don't know they exist because all we've done is focus on American SaaS companies. So let's learn about some cool European companies. What have you got? First one out of Ireland, uh, Flutter Entertainment. Have okay. you heard of it? No. So obviously some people will think that gambling is unethical and that's completely fair. If you are interested in gambling, they're one of the biggest players in the world. They own Sportsbet, FanDuel, Paddy Power, Betfair, Sky Betting, PokerStars, Foxbet. They're one of the biggest gambling players in the world. So if you're looking at, you know, like how is the US going to embrace gambling, they've got to play there, Foxbet. Sportsbet's obviously big in Australia. Sky in the US, uh, sorry, UK, Paddy in Ireland. Um, so that's an interesting one to to be aware of if, mm. if gambling is your cup of tea. Mm. Another one you brought up in the office recently was Zoo Plus. Yeah, this Talk was, us through it. Yeah, this was a early investment for me soon after Slater and Gordon, I think. Um, a It's a online pet food retailer. It's trying to be the European Amazon of pet food. Nice. I just threw it in for nostalgia's sake. Uh, Ran another one we've got here that I can barely pronounce. Pronounce <laughs> Essilor Luxotica. Essilor Luxotica. Essilor Luxotica. I think, yeah. A French company. French company. Closest thing we have to just like a giant monopoly these days. Yeah. If anyone wears glasses, chances are you've bought their frames. All right. Yeah. Biggest glass manufacturer in the world. Glasses. Biggest frame frames. manufacturer in the world. Yeah, yeah, right. I think they own this this number I'm just pulling out, but I think it's like 90% of the market they own or something like that. Wow. Like all of not maybe not all the big brands, but most of the big brands they own. Yeah. Wow. Largest company in the eyewear industry. 74,000 retail stores. No, 7,400 retail stores. Wow. Luxottica's market power has allowed it to charge price markups of 1,000%. So, Ren, I'll move on to one that we've both come across in our retail days, and that's Ocado. Again, industrial tech. Yeah. So, they are, they're involved in the fulfillment uh, of groceries and retail, uh, create a whole bunch of tech to automate the fulfillment process, among other things. But that was pretty amazing to see in real life as that um, is that's getting rolled out. Well, I didn't see it. You probably saw it I saw more it, yeah. than I did through Coles. But another interesting company. Look it up if you're interested. They yeah in they the retail space. They started as like an actual e-commerce supermarket in the UK, and then they were like, oh, the value here is in our tech, yeah. and they partner with one company in every jurisdiction. I remember Coles had tried to reach out to them a long time ago, and they were like you need to get your online business to like a certain size before we'll partner with you. And so Cole's like worked super hard to get to that threshold. And then now they're like the only player in Australia that can partner with Ocado. And Mm. I think in the US it's like Kroger got it. So Kroger, they're the, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, that's pretty cool when you're 
technology is so valuable that you can be like, we'll just take one. Yeah. 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 Fight e- for it. <laughs> Another company that uh, I'm sure many people have heard of the brands within it, and that's Diageo, one of the world's largest alcohol companies. They've got Johnny Walker, Guinness, Tanqueray, Baileys, Smirnoff, Captain Morgan, Crown Royal, and Don Julio, among many other things. But Ren, one thing that I just wanted to close with was I found it interesting uh, having a look at some of the specific uh, European countries and uh, their indexes and what are some some of the biggest companies within those. Now, Sweden, if you were to buy the iShares Sweden ETF, which gives you access to, I think, most of the Swedish market, yeah. it's got 47 holdings, highly concentrated. But what was fascinating is some of the biggest holdings in there are all world leaders or close to it. So you've got Electrolux. Do you remember, you know, Electrolux, the um, yeah, 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 appliances? The appliance maker, yeah. yeah. So they're the world's second largest appliance maker. Another one is Atlas Copco, one of the world's largest industrial groups. Okay. Heard of them? No. No, me either. Um, Volvo. Heard of them. Asa Abloy, a world-leading provider of access. Now, all things keys, cards, like Swap um, cards, all tags. That. Yeah. Yeah. We've had someone on a show. We've done a lot of content. Someone has spoken to us about this company. Asa Abloy. Yeah, 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 I think, yeah, I think it was on Ozbiz. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Ericsson, they're the, obviously Sony Ericsson or whatever, uh, they're the leading provider of 5G network equipment in the US. And then another company called Hexagon, who are a global leader in all things sensors and autonomous solutions. Okay. So but pretty- wait, is your point that like Sweden has all these global yeah, leaders? Yeah. Ne- like- but I, I want to challenge that because I think almost any stock market index that you find, the top of the index, there will be global leaders. Like it's very rare to find a country where there is no global leaders. I'll find one. Well, yeah, okay, you'll, you'll find one. Like, but you know what I mean. Like, okay, Australia. Yeah, but what like, I'm saying is, is uh, that like, there's so much. You, it just pays to keep an open mind with these things. Like, just. Oh yeah, I don't disagree with that yeah, at all. Yeah, it's yeah. just so easy to get sucked up in the tech space and all this sort of stuff when there's plenty of. I'm not saying these are good investment opportunities, but there are plenty of opportunities. Should we do a competition for the worst market index? Well, we'd have to define that, but let's take that (laughs) offline, Ren. Let's take that offline. We are at the end of the episode. We have run out of time, unfortunately, but we're going to keep an eye on what's going to happen with the dollar. Will it continue to sink from here? Certainly interesting times. In the interview um, that we're releasing on Thursday with Kerry Craig from JP Morgan, he speaks about how JP are are watching European energy and the possibilities of a second energy shock. Yeah. If that was to happen, you'd expect the euro gets in more trouble and gets weaker. So you never should invest in a company only because of the exchange rate. We need to be very clear about that because if it's a bad company, even if exchange rates normalise, it won't be a good investment. But when exchange rates get out of whack like this, um, they trade at extreme ends of what's normal, it's worth seeing where your money can go further. And similarly, when exchange rates swing all the way the other way, like the US dollar is incredibly strong at the moment, it's worth thinking... Am I handicapping myself by investing at this point in time? Mm, because mm. you have to overcome the the worst exchange rate as well. Mm. Well, Ren, there's plenty going on in markets. We've mentioned the interview with Kerry a couple of times now, so make sure you tune into that on Thursday. Similarly, we've um, unpacked uh, some new stories over on The Dive, which continues uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, our business news show. So if you want to keep up to date with uh, the entertaining side of business and some of the key headlines that are coming out through the markets over the last few weeks or so, make sure you subscribe to that. And if you want to see photos of Mike Cannonbrook's new island, uh, yes, he bought an island. 
uh, go and follow the dive.businessnews on Instagram. Love it. Well, Ren, always great to chat and we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Equity Mates. We love hearing from you. So drop us a line at contact at equitymates.com or even better, go to your podcast player and leave a five-star review. Also, a reminder that the Equity Mates content train doesn't stop when you've run out of episodes to binge. We've got a brand new website, a Facebook discussion group. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and slowly making our way as an influencer on TikTok. Well, that's Ren. So uh, come and say hello and join the community. We'd love to welcome you. Until next time. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Meets Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.